Well, well, I obviously appreciate that. And you said uh, that's mainly out of the Midwest Soaring Foundation? Right, Midwest Soaring Foundation. And, you know, looking that up, that's an acronym actually, right? Well, that stands for Save Our Ancestors, Remains, and Resources and Ditches Network Group. And simply that means anything that concerns our people, uh, whether it's sacred sites, environmental, health issues, education, we try to in some way have some impact on that. You guys were you guys were formed in like 1996, correct? Uh, right, uh, mid 90s. Now our headquarters that we have currently is, and uh, we're very grateful to people of uh, of um, uh, Lockport, Lockport, to have us there as uh, their guest. And uh, Mayor Steve has been a wonderful person, and, and the people of that area are great people. Lockport is a, a really nice place to be. Uh, we're located in the old train station, which is historic 1860 train station. Um, so our headquarters is there, and we're normally open on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, or by appointment. And that's, uh, what, 133 West 13th Street? 133 West 13th Street. Uh, that's the exact address. Perfect. And again, we very much appreciate um, the people of Lockport generosity and, and uh, treating us in a good way. Perfect, yeah. And then... Um well, I mean, it, it would be remiss for me to have someone like a very awesome name like Standing Bear, you know, on record and not get a little bit of information on how one acquires a lovely name like that. Well, uh, give me a particular what you want to know. <laughs> uh, how did you get the name Standing Bear? Well, many years ago, when I was much younger, uh, actually the, the medicine person that uh, named me at that, person, uh, at that time, rather, Actually, there was another name that he was going to choose. But when the ceremony actually started, he looked at me and he said he'd seen a standing bear. So the name was changed to Joseph Standing Bear, which I'm honored to have that name. Uh, anybody that receives a name in a good way, and I've given out a few in my lifetime, have generally done some really wonderful things. That name is something you want to protect. And you know, it has great meaning. No matter what that native name is, there's a reason why uh, that name is chosen. Now, some people, it may sound funny and may not understand what that means, like um, well, any, any variety of names, but there's, there's a reason either of courage or what they've seen or what they've done or their impact on the community. Uh, there's always a great reason why that name is chosen. What kind of ceremony would it typically be? Like, uh, I guess I've been reading about sweat lodges and things like that. Well, a sweat lodge is not beyond uh, use of that, but each medicine person, each tribe is a little bit different. And I want to talk about that, too. Um, there is no one set Indian way. Uh, all of our people had the common thing about respect and the environment. Reverence. But, uh, but the reverence towards the earth. And the thing of it is that, um, you know, we we may do the ceremonies in a little bit different way and different words, and you know, but the content of the heart is pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, we all appreciate the same uh, having good families. And uh, one thing that most people are not aware of, that our Native people, have served the highest percentage of any other race in the armed forces. Uh, we're very proud of that, and uh, uh, when we uh, we see that flag, I'm looking at a flag right now out the window. Great flag. We just put it up today, actually. And when I'm looking at that flag, you know, we see, you know, the blood between the, the white. You know, we see the, the stars <laughs> in the sky. Right. And for us, uh, we're protecting our homeland this Turtle Island, which you call the United States. But Turtle Island, uh, I, love turtles. I believe it consisted of five 
5.3 billion acres. Now, when you think about how large that is, 5.3 billion acres. It's pretty big, I would assume. And how little we still control today. You know, and our concept in the old days was not that we owned it, but we live with the earth in a cycle of life. Is that the, I, wanna, I, don't, I would just rather you pronounce it one time, Ojibwe? Ojibwe. Oh, gee, sorry, Ojibwe. Ojibwe, that's okay, good. Okay, okay. You got it, Ojibwe. Second time was good, okay. And um, those are out of like southern Canada and the Midwest typically, or mainly, right? We came down from the St. Lawrence Way, the long migration uh, from Canada, East Coast, and now we're in Canada, we're um, in Michigan a little bit, uh, Minnesota, and even now towards Dakotas a little bit. So like any, any people, we drift around with the, with the intermarriages and whatnot, and right. you know, we expand ourselves. Is there, I, I kind of seem like there was a Ojibwe and Chippewa connection, or, yeah, right? Is there? Well, they're the same thing. Okay. Ba- bas- th- basically, they're the same, the same thing. All right. And now, uh, we, we actually call ourselves Anishinaabe, which means first people. You know what? You want to look at that word right there, Anishinaabe. Anishinaabe I just yeah. didn't want to say, you know. Well, and it, right there, it says the original people. And um, and another cool thing about how do you pronounce a language? Abijibowin? Abijibowin? You know. Well, no, see, I see. I hate to I hate to butcher it. I apologize, but I'm trying my best. The thing we gotta do with any language is between the Canadian Ojibwe and in the states, um, the, the Canadians tend to vo- drop the vowels, and uh, each village has a little bit different dialect, uh, so it, it's not all one uniform um, lesson. Now, I am not entirely fluent. I know many many words, but uh, I'm not gonna. Di- <laughs> Not going to burst myself with giving a speech that I don't know 100%. How about, how about just the one I tried to hit you with earlier? Ani Bozo? Ani Bozo, yeah. Ani Bozo. Which means how are you? Right. Essentially. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to – is that okay? You know, it, I, it, to be honest, it sounds – everyone's grandpa said this or that about them being a Native American, but obviously I'm a pretty, you know, standard white guy. I like this stuff, but I feel kind of guilty in a way to – yeah, I feel guilty in a way to kind of even say that. Is that – how should I feel about that? I, you know what I mean? Like, there's a part of me that does, but I like that. Like, because I was going to say, it would be cool to use that moving forward to people, but I don't know if that's like, well, is that like rude or disrespectful? No, for, that, that's... Because, like, I am trying to give, like, like shouting out, like, because I like it. If it's meant from the heart and yeah. it's done respectively, yeah. you know, and the pronunciation is not entirely important, but yeah. I'm watching. Okay. It's more about the feeling, huh? More about the spirit of, the, of the, what you're saying. Yeah, because I... You know, and this which leads me into another thing, which I don't know. You probably don't remember, but I, because I mentioned it very briefly, but we had first met essentially at the I&M Canal maybe a few years ago, cleaning it up. Great time. All the people there were really awesome and terrific. And you had said a prayer. I don't know if a prayer is the right word, blessing. And um, I remember it was something to do with wolves or, you know, and I remember, not to sound corny, but I remember just feeling like a wolf spirit upon me. And uh, I don't know. I've had a couple different experiences with things like that. And you well, know, when we do a ceremony, it's always serious. Uh, there's never any joking or or um, disrespect issue. Now we just did on the 22nd over at Second Street, the Pioneer Village. Uh, we do a blessing for the, each season when it comes. So that was last Wednesday, mm-hmm. was and like we'll do equi- another one. And we'll do another one for the winter when it comes, and that'll also be on the 22nd of Wednesday. And depending on the weather, sometimes we'll get, you know, a few people, sometimes many people. 
when I do a blessing for the bison <coughs> up in uh, up in north, uh, generally we get 150 people or more. So it all depends on where we're at and what's going on. And I did mention bison. Um, I would be remiss in not mentioning those. Uh, Midway Sorin, we had a bison herd that we had for many years, and they were located in Leroy, Illinois. And the owner of that land, <coughs> he had uh, was having some health problems, and he told me about a year ago that he was going to thinking about selling. Now, what made this difficult is that my was a spirit herd, and it simply means that I had not uh, designed these to be eating. Uh, they were to live their life free, and wherever they died, he buried them for them without taking anything off. Mm-hmm. So the, my problem was to find some place that I can move them to that had that same philosophy. And to be honest with you, almost everybody I talked to, uh, they wanted to pull out their knives and forks and start eating them. And that's not what I wanted to have happen. So we had picked out a tribe that was in Oklahoma, you know, and uh, we were content on letting them go there until we found out that their, um, oh, how would I say, their tenant was not the same as mine. So then we got involved with the Inner Bison uh, Council. And they're an organization that uh, farms out bison to native people and tribes that um, are starting herds. So we looked around again, and we found a Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma. And, uh, and they had just recently started a herd. They had 150. Now, my 19 were on uh, 30 acres. So on, uh, uh, what was that, December 18th of last year, we had a rodeo crew, and they set up this pen. And uh, within three or four hours, they had them all loaded up, which was an experience in itself. And uh, by 12 o'clock midnight, they were in Oklahoma and unloaded onto 1,000 acres. So with the 150 they had, plus my, my 19, rather, is 169 total. Now, what made it cool about my 19, because they came from different sources, so the genetic stock was really good, so there was a good, good diversity of genes there. So we were in the process of making a video on that, which we got on this end in Leroy, but because the COVID was rampant there, we couldn't do the, uh, the blessing for receiving them yet. So as soon as the um, uh, COVID goes, you know, to a lesser degree, uh, we're going to do a ceremony there, the receiving part of it, and finish a documentary. We hope to put this on Channel 11, perhaps. Uh, but it's a very interesting uh, uh, sampling of what bison are and how we felt about it. One of the main reasons you wanted to come in today, let me let me get into this for you. Long before the New World, the Native Americans had many celebrations for this four seasons. One of them. Uh, most celebrated was the Harvest Gathering, which is typically from late August to November. Does this actually coincide with um, the Native American Fall Gathering in a way? Well, yes, it does. And normally we have the Midwest Soaring Powwow. You know, we've given, I believe, 50-some powwows in my lifetime. And it takes a lot of money and a lot of resource to put one on. And uh, my wife, uh, Janet, had passed away three years ago. Uh, from pancreatic cancer. So for about a year or so, I was uh, maybe longer than that, I was feeling pretty bad in my heart, you know, and uh, then COVID hit, and we couldn't do the last two powwows because of COVID. So we had to cancel this year again, which is normally the third weekend of September, and we've rescheduled to sign the contract for the Page County Fairground uh, on September 17 and 18 of 2022. Now, we normally get, uh, you know, if the weather's right uh, during the weekend, 
you know, maybe eight or 9,000 people. Uh, they have been increasing steadily for a long time. But we're geared towards the family. We're geared towards sharing our culture. Uh, we're geared towards uh, appreciating the gifts that we have. So this fall gathering that we're going to have in Lockport on October 3rd is at the Lincoln Landing. Uh, it's a beautiful place there, and uh, we're hoping to share some of the things we have. Uh, for instance, we have uh, the Aztec dancers. You know, I saw that on the there. Aztec dancers are really good dancers. I love dance Aztecs. Group. And then we're going to have some guitar playing, and then we're going to have uh, some flute. We're going to have some of our dancers, a drum. Do you want to hear a story a, a while yes. about a story about the Aztecs? So I meditate, okay? And one of my meditations, this was like maybe four or five, maybe six years ago, I was meditating, and in so, the time I would put myself at a random position. I'd close my eyes and just where I would end up is where I'd be. But this time, I ended up at, I'm almost sure it's Chichen Itza in Mexico, the Aztec temple. And when I was there, on top of it was a god, which I think was Quetzalcoatl. But he didn't look like a serpent feathered, or he didn't look like a serpent, uh, feathered serpent or anything. He just kind of looked like a big, swole guy. And I was there, and I was feeling good. And at the bottom, he go. I saw at the bottom of the pyramid, there was a bunch of pythons and panthers and jaguars walking around. And I was like, what's going on down there? And he goes, go down there and check it out. And I was like, oh, man, that's kind of <laughs> risky, you know? He goes, if you stay on the pyramid... Um, you'll be safe. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I go down there. I'm walking down there, a little apprehensive. I'm getting closer and closer. The cats are really nice. I can see the cats are nice. I don't know. I, but, you know, I was a little suspicious of the snakes. And uh, I get to the bottom, and the snake, these huge snakes come like coming right in front of my face. And they stop right in front of me. Ah, ah, ah. They do it a bunch of times, and I'm looking up at, you know, Quetzalcoatl. I'm like, what's going on here? And he's looking down, and he does it one more time. Yeah, and the snake comes at my face, and I was like, what, what's happening? He's like, you're on the pyramid. He told you to have faith. And, then he, and the snake said, even snakes tell the truth. And that's it. That's, that's, that's one of the, I don't know. I don't know why I mentioned it. I just thought it's not one, an experience I had. Even snakes tell the truth, he said. I don't know. I'm also crazy, possibly. We, we have um, many native stories uh, are told in similar ways, but uh, Matthew mentions the snake. We have a story that talks about uh, the power of young people listening to their adults. So this. I should have told you. So we now. have uh, this young boy whose grandfather and parents says, "Beware of snakes. They're poisonous. You know, they'll, they'll harm you. They'll kill you." So the boy listens to this for many, many times, and he's out in the desert, and he goes across this dry riverbed, and he's on uh, a lowland, and all of a sudden he sees this uh, rainstorm happening in the distance in the mountains, and he knows that, you know, what's going to happen at the, there'll be a flash flood coming down that, that area. So he starts making his way back to the dry river bit before, before it comes too, too deep. And as he's passing a, a little uh, brush, there's a rattlesnake there. And the rattlesnake goes, psst, little boy, put me on your back, carry me across the water. Mm-hmm. Well, a little boy remembers what his grandfather said and said, no, I can't do that. So again, the snake pleaded with him. And this went on several times. So finally, the little boy seen the water was starting to get you know, real close and getting deep. So he says, well, okay. So he puts the snake on his back, 
and they're struggling to get across the water, which is now getting deeper. Right. And they get to the other side on the dry bank, and the little boy goes putting the push the snake down. Right. And the snake strikes him. And what happened was that uh, little boy got you know injected with venom. Right. And he says, he said, why did you do that? I saved your yeah, life. Why, come on. why did you do that? Right. And the snake goes, you knew I was a snake. It's in his nature. So it's in his nature. That's correct, man. I do got that 100%. It's in his nature. And when we don't listen to our elders and uh, what they teach us, we're prone to make mistakes. And I want to say something about that, too. There's difference between an elderly person and an elder. An elderly person is someone who uh, hasn't been uh, taught or isn't teaching what they know or not asked what they know, and they just become elderly. Um, on the other hand, an elder is someone who does teach uh, and makes it a point to help the community. That's why. That's what I love to hear. That's what. I, that's it's beautiful. Um, besides that, is there any? Um, they could also always reach you at the website midwestsoaring.org, correct? Right. So, and again, I say if you come to the center, and I strongly invite you to invite you to be there. Always call ahead because there's always things happening to take me away. But generally, we're staffed on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Or if there's something special happening, uh, we'll come in special. Um, All right. Well, um, I have one other question just because it's like a spiritual, because I never get a chance to really speak to someone really spiritual all the time. What if I meditate a lot and my uh, thoughts go to, like, maybe what is considered Starfather? Does that make sense in a way, or like maybe my star family? Well, spirituality, you talk amongst the peoples of the earth. We have a, uh, I frequently give a seven-direction prayer. And what that is is we face each direction, and there's a certain words we use for each direction. And then we have three more, above which is creator, below which the ancestors. And the hardest, which I always say for all of us is, human beings to follow is a seventh direction and by that I mean that uh, when something happens to us our hand goes out and we're pointing at somebody else as our fault mm -hmm. and the elders told me long ago the other fingers are pointing back at yourself right which simply means that uh, through your own misunderstanding of how you were raised or whatever circumstance it taught you that uh, you were not fully um, first and, and you're bl blaming yourself first. Now, I'm not saying there's not cases that someone does something. There, there sure are. But many, many, many times, it's our own misunderstanding which makes situations worse. Um, so that's really important to know that, you know, that's seven directions. You know, I also pray, I pray for the wings that uh, fly above us uh, and those that swim and float in the great water and those that uh, walk and crawl and burrow in the earth. So that's a, another dimension to that. You know, we, we give thanks for everything around us in every way. There is no unimportant life. When you start pulling the links of life out, it's the beginning of destruction of the way we should live. Right. I have a, like, a couple more, one more question. There is there any, um, there's like a sacred animals in Native American, like seven or eight of them perhaps? Like they're usually like on a teepee? Or not a teepee, uh, um, what does it call them, sorry, a uh, uh, totem pole, I'm sorry. Well, again, the spirituality amongst all people is a little bit different. And, sure. And all tribes is different. 
I guess what I was going to... Some I, people have spirit animals right. that uh, they believe guide them. Uh, what's particularly important to our Native people is uh, hawks, the red-tailed hawk to Midwest Army Foundation, right. and to the eagles to most people. Uh, eagle feathers are the highest um, recognition we can give anybody um, for what they are and what, and what they do. Okay. Is there any truth to the Native American lore of uh, Sasquatch? Well, uh, that's that's an interesting thing. Um, we believe that they, I'm speaking of the Ojibwe people, yep. that they're always just beyond eyesight and they're watching humanity and they're watching us. Uh, some people say interdimensional. Um, it's the same thing with the Thunderbirds. Uh, that's why we are unable to actually find um, sources uh, that can uh, pinpoint where they are, uh, that they're d interdimensional. Now, many years ago, I was blessed. Uh, I seen something that uh, very few people seen, and uh, Thunderbirds are a real thing, you know, and that was, oh, I seen those maybe 60 years ago, so maybe maybe longer than that. Thunderbird, huh? I can't honestly believe I have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Well, I feel, for someone who loves everything kind of, you know, unique and bizarre, I've, besides the car, never heard of it. Well, Thunderbirds are great power, uh, and they generally come with the storms. Um, they look and observe things. Uh, there's a lot more to them, but I'll, I'll just feel comfortable saying that, that, you know, um, they're not, they're not, they're not um, mythology. Okay. Uh, now, there's a lot of people that hunt Sasquatch to trying to prove that, and I think there's been enough. I just want to know why. I just wonder. I was just. I guess if I, now that I'm thinking about it, it'd be like, hey, Sasquatch, is there anything? I, anything you guys need? <laughs> you guys have they, you guys. You know what they need is peace to be left alone. <laughs> they, but did maybe they need the Wi-Fi code? And they need peace to be left alone. No, I yeah, need. I mean yeah, it, why, yeah, I love things like that. I one time heard this story that the uh, earth is a hollow and that some old Native Americans used to guard the tunnels in Kentucky in Mammoth Cave because there was a uh, path down there, and I plan on going down there and finding it. Well, the hollow earth is a uh, long-standing Shambhala, uh, Agartha. I think it was, could be wrong, I think it was Admiral Byrd, if not mistaken. You are correct. And he was flying over the pole, and supposedly he observed this gigantic opening 90 uh, miles wide perhaps that well i don't know i'm not sure how wide but he observed this and made a report on there and according to what he said he he thought that there were these saucers uh coming in and out of that area i don't doubt that don't know if that's true i haven't seen it so i kind of rely on my own vision as true things i've never seen a saucer but uh, a lot of people say that has to do with reptilian race that lives underground the draconians well, I've, I've not seen one of those either, so I, I can't vouch that that's true or not true. I might have spoken to a couple before. But Got to uh, respect them. Got to give them respect. Now, if you ask me if I believe in, in uh, Outer Space Brothers, yes, I do. Uh, we're only one little tiny speck of dust in the universe, and to think that we're only the only things that are alive in that old great distance, I think is rather absurd, you know. I don't think that. I think that I don't know why I'm so obsessed with finding the complete opposite. Are we from the Pleiades? Are we from the Anunnaki, Enki and Elil, the Sumerians, the Hopis? What about uh, ayahuasca? 
in Peru. They're doing it down there for real. And they're talking to people and they're talking to Gaia and they're talking to the spirits. And I want to go down there and figure out what's going on. And I can't because Peru's far as heck. So well, what can I, mean, I what can I do in the Midwest to to talk? Our, our knowledge is uh, expanding every year of things we thought that weren't. Um, We're tapping into it. And the people that believe that we all came over the land bridge with the last glacier when it uh, was low, uh, no, that's not true. I mean, maybe some did. Yeah. But uh, we have sites that are South America that are way way beyond uh, ten or fifteen thousand years old. Yeah, I love history a lot. Uh, besides that, you know, I appreciate you coming by. Did you have any last words you would want to mention to everyone? I mean, I'm going to post where to uh, get everything. Obviously, October 3rd, uh, I&M Canal, Lincoln Landing, 9th Street, and Canal Street, Lockport, Illinois. Uh, Native American Fall Gathering. Come on by, support. There's Native American dancing, Aztec dancing. I will be there. I mean, don't come to see me, but I mean, maybe. I'm yeah, whatever. Um, craft and foods. Uh, Standing Bear will be here. I'm sure he'll want to say hello. Besides that, please uh, hit him up on MidwestSoaring.org. You're actually on Instagram as well under Midwest Soaring. I tagged you a couple times. Um, there's a calendar on their website. There's a mailing list on their website. I would suggest doing all of that. I still get the emails. Come out and uh, yeah, come out and uh, say hi to them. And we'll do this again. You know, next equinox. We should do it on a solstice. I mean, we, I mean, you know, we can do it whenever. But I love getting as weird as possible. Well, not weird, not weird, but you know what I mean. <laughs> not because that's disrespectful. But like, I will. I'm just trying to. F I'm just trying to figure out who I am. You know, to be honest with you, and I'm. I'm looking at all avenues. I'm turning every stone. I'm uh, trying to enlighten myself in any way. And I've always had a reverence towards Native Americans. It could be some of my white guilt. I don't know. But uh, I'm just kidding, half kidding. But, you know, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking to do. And I appreciate you coming and giving me any type of insight or information or knowledge, so to speak. And, yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I would close simply by saying that um – as human beings, we have to watch what we're doing to the earth. Uh, and like I said before about the seven generations, we have to stand up now for the sake of our children and races afterwards. That's just the way it is. 